Wacom Prepping 2.0. Considering migrating with the tribe. There were a couple of days where it's like, are we crazy? We're leaving our identity as respected members in the community and ultimately uh, homesteading business and you know schooling and stuff. Have we lost our mind? When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my partner on the show and partner in life, Glenn Tate. Hello, dear. How's it going? Good, good. We have a great show for folks. Oh, we do, and I want to get right into it. Yes. One of the first things we do almost on every show, as much as we can, is we talk about the top 100 list of things that disappear fastest in a collapse, Mm -hmm. and we are on number 97. Jeez. So, um, if you want to see the list, it's it's very compelling. It's on our website at prepping2-0.com in the lower right-hand corner, and we're on number 97, like I said, which is, it doesn't sound exciting, so please go see the list, because the list- Because there's better stuff. There's better stuff than this. (laughs) But it's chewing gum and candy. And you have some thoughts on this, Glenn. Yeah, there's a storyline in 299 Days that's very purposeful. And it is based on my real life where I would go after Halloween and buy all the cheap Halloween candy, vacuum seal it. And then in the 299 Days story, um, the good guy, the hero, which is me because it's fiction. I made myself sound really cool. Um, The hero gives out candy to kids in the local community, the little community they have. And it has a huge effect on morale you kind of have to read it to understand exactly what a big deal it is but it is a really really big deal those little things are big and i i fall back on this this list was done by the bosnian survivors and it doesn't have to make sense to me why something's on the list they're saying these are the things the hundred things that go the quickest and so you just got to take it for what it is it's the list of things that go quickest should be stuff that you have as you often say shelby it's it's now a shopping list, the top 100 exactly. things that go the quickest. Well, I wanted to say, <laughs> lurkers come out of the shadows. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of you are listening to the regular show on radio. Thank you. That's cool. And on the, all the other outlets we have. And you're not a Patreon. And you keep hearing about this magical after show where all this cool stuff happens. And you say, how do I get the after show? Well, the answer is you become a Patreon on our website, prepping2-0.com. There's a big orangish red button that says become a Patreon. $2 a month or more, you get access to the after show and a bunch of other stuff. Too many things to mention right here. But don't lurk with the regular show. Get the full meaning and impact that out of this show by becoming a Patreon. And fanfare, more good news. We have Pam Radio is this now is out. This is such Woo! good news. Now, yes. Pam Radio is Prepper Amateur Radio. It is a set of flashcards, electronic flashcards, that teach preppers the practical stuff they need to know about ham radio, not the technical geeky stuff. This isn't an, uh, a test prep app for your FCC license. It's none of that stuff. If you're sitting there and you got a long list of to-do items to prep, especially some of the newer preppers that are joining in droves, by the way, thank you guys. We mm-hmm. welcome all the newbies. There's no elitism or snobism here. The The beginner folks are like, hey, if the grid goes down, I need to be able to communicate. How do I do that? Somebody goes ham radio and you go, that sounds really complicated and expensive and time consuming. Pam radio shows you why that is not the case. And it's to get you to say, Oh my goodness, this is a hill I can climb. This is not awful. It's got links to equipment to buy. It tells you everything you know to get started. I can't really summarize all of it, you know, in this short little segment here, but pam-radio.com, pam-radio.com. Go ahead and look at it. There's also videos. I have seven videos up there of me narrating and doing color commentary on the cards. So if you don't want to buy the cards and get the links that are in them, which I think you're crazy not to do that because the links are where the action's at with all the resources and everything. But if you just want the overview, you can get it for free by watching those videos because we want the information to get out. This isn't like some big profit center for us. Um, So please go to pam-radio.com, order the cards and or watch the videos. So one thing I wanted to add to that, this is this has been a Herculean effort to get this done. And I'm so glad we went to this better option, plan B, of doing it through pam-radio.com. As many of you know, if you've listened, uh, you can hear the frustration and ire in my voice in in months. There was a lot. There was a lot of it. Just the 
the hoops to have to jump through to get, when we wanted to originally put this as an app on, 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 on Apple, an, on, on Apple, the, on the App Store, right? And it wasn't happening, and there was more hoops to jump through and and more money to pay out. To be honest yeah. with you, and then we saw what happened in January with um, Apple deplatforming um, Parlor, Parlor, which I hope comes back. But we we're like, nope, we don't want our audience to put money into such an, a, a monopoly that will take your money and take away your rights. So um, we are so glad this obvious to us. It's very obvious, God has had his fingerprint on this mm-hmm. and is working this and is making it so that the information is getting out there and we are able to kind of circumvent um, a monopoly that does such uh, nefarious things, we think. And we so. won't be deplatformed. No, which is great. So, ha-ha, Apple. Yeah, there you go. So, one thing I want to jump in and really quick and recognize one of our great sponsors. Um, I encourage you to go to our website, prepping2-0.com, under Friends and Affiliates. All of these people are there. There are more of them there. And yep. uh, many of them have great coupon codes, and you can get things at a great discount. Katie Armour stands for Come and Take It Armour. They sell body armor to... Everybody, not just, yep. you know, law enforcement, not just military. Um, if you use the uh, coupon code GRANT, think Grant Matson in the 299 Days series, you get 10% off. You sure do. So, hey, um, Derek Smiley is our guest, and Derek recently left his awesome homestead in California and moved to a red state. That would be Idaho. And uh, Derek will be answering questions in the after show that the Patreons have access to. And the Patreons got to ask Derek questions about this topic of relocating from a blue state to a, a red state. And before we hear from Derek, I wanted to let you know of two resources we have, which are past episodes that touch on this topic. These will be in the show notes. Episode 82, we had Joel Skousen, who wrote the amazing book, Strategic Relocating. And that aired in May of 2020. And also episode 108 is Jared Savick, who is a Montana realtor and uh, helps folks moving from blue states relocate to Montana. And that aired in November of 2020. So those are two past episodes that will give you even more background on this from a couple different, you know, angles because they were different guests. But Derek has some firsthand information and we know very, Derek very well. And we are so glad to have him. Welcome, Derek. Well, thanks, guys. It's an honor to be back on. And it's great to be talking to friends, especially in this climate. It's been kind of a strange week, right? No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. Red Dawn. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I, so I'm going to jump back a little bit with you, Derek. It was about a little over a year ago. I want to say the fall of 2019. Seems like, you know, a million years ago. But in fall of 2019, I remember um, you were living in in California at the time. I would say Central California, if I recall. And um, remember the rolling blackouts that were prescribed by the, the electric company in Central California. And I remember just all of a sudden, it seemed to me like out of the blue to me, but I don't think it was. So you just posted on social media. That's it. We're up. We're gone. We're out of here. Tell us about that thought process you and your wife, your lovely wife, had at that time. Because I want, I think a lot of people will relate to it. And a lot of people, if they aren't relating to it, they will, I think, and I think you and I will agree. A lot of people are thinking about moving right now. Tons. And and I think you, you have, your story will resonate. So yeah, tell us about that time, Derek. Well, yeah, back in October of 2019, we finally pulled the trigger and dropped the bomb uh, on our uh, Smiley Farm page and told everybody that we were going to be leaving the state of California. And it started, the, the angst started a couple of years prior with, you know, the liberal uh, political climate in California. It, it's horrible. It's atrocious. I can't even begin to describe it. And it's not gotten uh, any better. It's gotten worse. You no, know, it's yeah. gotten worse since we've left. Uh, the cost of living is stunning, obviously. Uh, Crime in our little rural community. We lived uh, about an hour west of Lake Tahoe, up in the foothills here in Nevada foothills. It was a lovely place. We were there for 35 years, but crime rates started to skyrocket. Uh, local uh, counties were busing their homeless problems to, to our little county, and all of a sudden we had this crazy crime going on. Now California legalized uh, marijuana. And it's heavily regulated, but it didn't take the crime out of pot growing. So uh, about one mile up the road from us, we had a sheriff deputy and a ride-along partner 
that were ambushed at two in the morning and killed mm. by cartel members. So that was just one more chink in the armor. And, you know, then we had the whole thing with, because we've had these horrific fires in Northern California, uh, devastation in some of these communities, so many losses of life and homes, people's insurance, homeowners insurance was being dropped right and left. So insurance went from $100 a month to $500 a month for wow. lesser coverage. Mm. So every time we were turning around, it's like the state or various agencies had their hands in our pockets, taking more and more money uh, away from us. So then with the whole power issue, Pacific Gas and Electric was our utility company, and it's a huge utility company. Uh, they were definitely not maintaining their power lines, and as a result, they were uh, responsible for a number of these tremendous wildfires, and <laughs> they got to the point where they would just turn off the power prior to the wind blowing. And so in 2019, we were without power for three weeks, a total of three weeks. We were also without phone service for three months. So essentially, we're living in a quasi-third-world environment, and that just is insane. Mm -hmm. You know, why, why would we continue to live in a place that we're being uh, priced out and then living in this third-world environment? Knowing the political climate, it was going to get worse and worse for us. And even though we had this fantastic homestead and we were very squared away, very self-sufficient, teaching lots of people to do uh, have homesteading skills, we finally made the decision, we have got to get out of this liberal state, move to a red state, that a state that actually values the Constitution, uh, your personal rights. And we also knew that we needed to uh, move to an area that had a better cost of living, uh, uh, more appropriate. You know, Kathy and I, I'm, I'm 60, my wife is 70. So we're kind of at that age where we're looking at how are we going to move forward in retirement years? So this became uh, the big sift for us to move forward. Wow, there's a lot going on there. So um, so I have so many questions, but um, one of the things that I, I think was... Um, Part of, and I heard you hint at it, part of your decision was where, and I think people need to think about this because, because it's no secret. We've talked, Glenn and I have said on the show, we, we're in that thinking about it process too. Um, talk to us a little bit more about that, where you're at in your life, because Glenn and I are younger than you and your wife, your beautiful wife. By the way, I've met your wife. I had no idea I did, she was shocking. 70. I would, I would. <laughs> Say about fifty, but yes. good honor. So wow. nice work, Dave. Nice work, Kathy. <laughs> nice job. Um, and she's an amazing artist too, by the mm -hmm. way. If go, oh, check, yeah, you. oh my gosh, um, that is huge. I think because we've had to consider that too as we're again thinking about this. But speak to that. I think because don't just up and move if you're in your forties and move to a place where you don't have a job. I mean, there's talk to us a little. Excuse me, a little bit more about that. Yeah, so with our SIFT, we were looking seriously at basically all the red states. We quickly narrowed it down to a handful of states and, and started doing our homework. We're fortunate enough, uh, Kathy is retired. I'm semi-retired. I was a mechanical contractor and I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm still doing engineering, but I can do it remotely. I can do it anywhere. And if need be, I can jump on an airplane to go look at a project. So mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Uh, so I was in a pretty lucky situation. And then because of the way we have lived our lives for the last 25 years, homesteading, that we, we had a debt structure that was pretty negligible. Uh, so we had a lot of freedoms to make a change, mm -hmm. not worry about finding that new job somewhere else. So that freed up a lot of space for us, made it a little less stressful in the moving process. But we knew that we absolutely needed to go to uh, a red state that was a strong red state. You know, there's some states that are teetering right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Texas, you know, we, we've talked about that, how Texas is moving from red to purplish. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen this election cycle, but, you know, it's it's going to happen, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, so we started looking at 
Uh, you know, uh, James Wesley Rawls from Survival Blog. Uh, Jim, back in uh, March of 2011, did an essay about uh, the uh, the readout region, the American readout, mm-hmm. which was eastern Washington, eastern Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. And so when we started looking at states, that was kind of in the back of my head. And for obvious reasons today, uh, Oregon and Washington are kind of a no-go zone for me because I'm mm-hmm. looking at a red state, not mm-hmm. a blue state. And uh, Idaho was right there and very solid. Wyoming, Montana, those look really good to me. And we looked at Texas for a heartbeat and moved on from that. But there was an outlier. Well, two outliers. One was northwest Arkansas. And the other was a very, a very specific spot in Tennessee. We have a number of our homesteading students and friends, peers, that moved to Tennessee and are loving it. And they all landed like in a 20-mile radius. Uh, so they're doing good. So in our sift, we were thinking about climate and um access to an airport and medical care and all that sort of thing. We decided that the South was not going to work for us. I do okay with humidity. It's not that big of a deal, but it it makes Kathy miserable. So we decided, yeah, let's focus on those remaining three states, the the Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. Uh, Idaho is a familiar component to me. I have uh, family members that owned a place here in uh, Caldwell, Idaho many years ago and I was able to visit, and I had fond memories of that. And it, Southern Idaho and Northern Idaho are very different. Southern is high desert, and it's a little less wintry. And uh, Northern Idaho, which is absolutely stunning, we, I, we met up in Sandpoint just a handful of months ago, mm-hmm. and as you saw, it's just gorgeous up there. But we didn't really want to engage in the big winter stuff, this is part of the sift that everybody has to uh, decide on. You know, what are the priorities? What are yeah. things you can do? Uh, I'm the stupid guy that's broken his back twice. So shoveling snow isn't really something I want to do. That's going to mm-hmm. cause some grief. So southern Idaho seemed to make a lot of sense. Wyoming, Montana, gorgeous states, especially Montana. Just fantastic. But it's a little more winter than I care to do. Mm-hmm. So... We really condensed our uh, search down to southern Idaho, and specifically southwestern Idaho. And that's where we landed. Very good. Uh, Yeah, so it's very cool. So, okay, so I want to give people the list of states, and and we have an outline that um, that Glenn and I have in front of us, so we can look at, want people to hear the states again, Idaho, Montana, Texas, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Wyoming, and I want to say this, folks, I I mail out to you all of your masks and merch and all of that, I I just mailed out, we just finally got it all out the door, all the year-end thumb drives to our Patreon supporters, you guys are all all over and and we here on the talk to the three of us talking we're all in the western states i want to fully acknowledge that many 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 of you are on the east coast and and part of i think and glenn jump in here too we're looking at the western states because we live in the western states if you live in new york city I don't know, look at the Tennessees and the Arkansas and all that, because it is a huge cost to move across country and a huge uplift. So just because this is what we landed on doesn't mean that there's not other great red states out there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I want to amplify that. It's not like the Western states are the only cool states. Yeah. Yeah, And it's just the ones we gravitate to. And of course, Derek, coming from California, gravitated to the Western states. I hear very good things about Missouri or Missouri, depending on uh, if you've lived there a while. And uh, also, um, yeah, you mentioned Tennessee. I think I know where in Tennessee you're talking mm-hmm. about. I have a bunch of friends uh, in in Tennessee, and they're all within a, a small area, and it seems magnificent. And they South came, Carolina? They came from all over the place. So there are all kinds of great places. We don't want to be um, west of uh, – right. uh, not west of phobes um, – we don't want to be the West is the best kind right, of people. Right, absolutely. And so I want people to hear, but go through the thought process that um, Kathy 
and Derek went through in terms of find, find that handful of states. And then that's kind of the next thought. We have about three minutes here, Derek. There's once you kind of land on your two or three states and you kind of hinted at it, you know, access to airports and hospitals and and maybe even schools if you have school age kids what are some of the other things as you're sifting down a little bit more that when some metrics how would you research your new area yeah definitely so we were looking at where can we be that we can still have recreational opportunities kathy and i are very outdoorsy we love being out in the woods or the mountains so that was uh something that was important to us we wanted to be in an area that we didn't want to be remote. We've done remote. We, we've done rural. Yeah. Uh, and that's great. But we wanted to be like on the edge of a community, not inside of the hustle and bustle of, of a community. We, we wanted to be on an edge where it's quiet and uh, access to, hey, we're preppers. I like Costco. I know people are grumpy about Costco these days because of the mass mandates. But Costco is an important aspect of prepping in my book for us Mm -hmm. personally. So I wanted to be within a reasonable drive of Costco. I wanted to be within maybe 15, 20 minutes of being able to uh, go to a doctor or uh, hit up the bank. So those were some of the initial things that we were looking at. And also we wanted to be sure that we were moving to an area that the weather was going to be conducive for us to continue to be active uh, in our latter years of life. Um, And, you know, speaking of that, one of the things that was a criteria for us, we lived in a home in uh, Placerville, California, that was basically a three-story house. It was a small house. It sounds grand. It wasn't. But it was a small house. And it had a bunch of stairs getting up to the house Mm -hmm. and... So we decided we really need a single-story home moving forward, again, looking very long-term. So that was something that we had to consider. And that's uh, a big one, seriously. When you're hitting your, you know, your older years and you, you've yeah. got prior injuries, you mentioned your back surgery. Um, my father, I call him Floyd, it's Floyd in the books. He's a knee replacement. I mean, stairs are an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you hate to have to think about it, but... You know, adulting, what can I say? Exactly. You so before before we go to the, our next thought here, real quick, I want to um, jump in on one of our next sponsors. And we've talked about him before, and you've had him on the show before, Jared Savick. He's a realtor. He and his wife are realtors in the Kalispell area of Montana. Great folks to talk to as preppers themselves. They have a good idea what it makes, what it takes to make a good prepping or prepper property, whether you want turnkey or to build your own retreat. If they have properties in town, out of town, and way out of town, they can help you. Um, encourage listeners uh, to check them out through their website, Seize the Day Montana. Seize the Day MT. Sorry right. to correct you. Right, right. I was, and thank you. I was going to mm-hmm. say that. So, but if you just Google, I'm sorry, we don't use Google. If you put in your search engine, you duck, duck, go. Uh, Seize the Day Montana. You will find them, and all of their contact information is there. Jared, great prepper and a great resource if you're considering this yourself. Yeah, I also wanted to give a quick mention to EMP Shield. Great folks. They make a device that will protect whatever it's hooked into from an EMP or a coronal mass ejection. That's Shelby, the word. CME. So they um, are EMP Shield if you use the coupon code. Prepping 2.0. Then you get $50 off a device. So don't go away. We've got so much more on the other side of the break. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. 
Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for Come and Take It, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times, the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Shelby Gallagher here at Prepping 2.0 with our great guest, fellow prepper and and former homesteader, although homesteader at heart, uh, Derek Smiley. We've been talking about and recognizing that, and Derek agrees with us on this, and Glenn and I have said this number many times, I think amongst the prepping community, living in blue states, living in blue states, 60 Plus percent of them are considering doing exactly what we're talking about today. And that's moving out of the blue state to the red state Mm -hmm. um, because of all the reasons we've talked about. And we're going to continue to talk about. So, um, all right. So let's just say someone has come to the conclusion, researched the area. They have found the area. Now they got to sell their house. Probably not everyone has a property to sell, but there's this selling. Derek, tell us about that. Oh, yeah. This is where the uh, the stress starts. <laughs> but, you know, you need to find a great realtor, not a good realtor, not a mediocre realtor. You know, don't don't hire your best buddy's sister-in-law that just started uh, in real estate. You need a top-notch realtor. And interview. Interview hmm. two or three realtors. Find the right person to sell your property. We had an unusual property being that it was a homestead. We had a fellow homesteader, a good realtor that uh, was able to represent our house in the best possible light. So we felt very satisfied with that. You know, you're, you're going to need to engage your realtor and have them come do a walkthrough. I totally recommend that say, if they're good, you hired a good realtor, right? They're going to say, whoa, guys, too much clutter, or you really ought to replace this carpet or paint that room. You know, don't let it be purple anymore. Make mm-hmm. it white so nobody's offended. It's just those little things. So go through, have them do a walkthrough with you, make a list, and uh, move forward. You know, you got to start working on the house, getting it ready to go if you want to get uh, top dollar. Mm-hmm. One of the big things I'm going to I'm going to save everybody a lot of money right now. It's you're going to have to spend a couple hundred bucks out of pocket to begin with, but pest inspections are huge. They throw so many uh, monkey wrenches into the works when you're in escrow. 
So what I did is I hired a test inspector. He found, yeah, he found a handful of things that needed to be repaired. Thankfully, that was back in October of 2019. I was able to spend a couple thousand dollars and I had the time and the skill to make those repairs. Had I found that out in March when we listed the house and ultimately sold it in a day, uh, we would have been scrambling. I would have paid probably five to ten times more to get that repairs uh, the repairs done, and we would have never made the uh, the close of escrow. Mm-hmm. So, do yourself a favor, get it done. Uh, they'll come back and reinspect the work, sign it off, and it is a huge selling point. So, in fact, our realtor even advertised uh, in, in our in, in the the listing, uh, clear pest control. So, nice. Definitely do that. Very good. So talk to us a little bit, too, about, um, I think this is important, too, and this is this is astounding, buyers and sellers market. So, and and I remember, again, a couple of posts on, on your social media at the time. Um, it is shocking to me that people are moving to California. <laughs> so weird. And to add to that, it seems, for some bizarre reason, that housing prices in California and Washington state, and yes, this is something we are thinking about. This is one of the reasons we're considering relocating is that in Washington state, and of course, California, property prices are at all time highs. And so if you're thinking about leaving a blue state that has high property values, you can basically cash out high. Now, if you're going to move to a red state like Idaho or Montana, you're probably going to end up paying a a fair amount because prices are high there too. Um, And I'll talk a little more about Northern Idaho in a moment when it fits in. But one thing to consider guys is that um, you may have the the highest value on your property if you're in a blue state that you're ever gonna have because in the next couple months, Joe Biden and the real president of the United States, Kamala Harris, are going to manage to destroy the economy and mess up prices. So now is the time to sell even in blue states because a lot of folks in the cities in blue states, so in your case, Derek, back in California, might've been San Francisco. In our case, it would be Seattle. They wanna move out to a place outside of the city because even they understand how goofed up the cities are, but they still wanna be in a blue state because they still hate Donald Trump or whatever their motivation is. So. This is the time to sell. You may have to pay a lot wherever you're going, but at least you're not going to you know, wait a year. And then the, the price of your house goes down 25% because the economy has been destroyed and you go doggone it and well, you'll regret it for the rest well, of your and life. That was 2008. That was the, mm-hmm. the bubble happening there. So, yeah, tell us. And we've kind of talked about what are your thoughts on that from because you went through this process in a blue state. Yeah, so we uh, we we listed our house in March. Uh, excuse me, at the end of February, and you know, at that point in time, it was a buyer's market. The market was pretty soft. You know, COVID was kind of throwing monkey wrenches into the works, but ultimately, we literally we listed uh, on a Friday. People came out Saturday. We had a bunch of people show up, and we had an offer in hand Saturday. And it was an overpriced offer. So we did very well. We were very happy about good. that. Congratulations. And yeah. So that was good. Since then, uh, 10 months uh, ago, we sold the house. Their property values have jumped dramatically. And Glenn, you nailed it. Uh, people from the San Francisco Bay Area are fleeing that cesspool and trying to head up to the foothills and get property and be away from some of the craziness. But they still want to be in a blue state. So mm-hmm. I guess more power to them, right? Sure. <laughs> stay there. Stay there. So anyway, here in Idaho, and I would imagine Montana and Wyoming, but Idaho especially, I, I know it for a fact, it is absolutely a seller's market. And uh, if you list today, it will be sold today. Yeah. And it will sell for anywhere from 10 to as much, I've heard, as much as $80,000 over asking price. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You go ahead. Yeah. There is such a housing shortage. And in fact, uh, in 10 months, of course, this is all paper, but in 10 months, uh, our property value has increased $70,000. That's 
crazy. Wow. But there's so many buyers and not enough inventory. I'd like and to, a lot of buyers. Go ahead. Guys. Yeah, let me Go add ahead. to that. Um, the, my first place, Shelby and I, our first place when we were considering this, looking around at places, was northern Idaho. You mentioned Sandpoint, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing. And that's one of the reasons, because we've been to Sandpoint. We've been there, and the people are amazing. It's just amazing. So I know two really good realtors in northern Idaho. Like I think they're both the, the top of the, the, the game there. I called both of them, and they said, and this information may be dated, so I don't want people to write off northern Idaho. They both said, I have zero properties available. Zero. There are no properties. And they both said, the only way that you're going to get a place is if we know of somebody who's thinking about selling, and we go talk to them, and we say, hey, how about selling to these nice people from Washington State? Feel sorry for them. Pity them, right? And so... I can't stress enough that that old ideas that you may have like 20 years ago, maybe your uncle at Thanksgiving said, property's cheap in Idaho and it's plentiful. Uh, that's all gone. I mean, now I could be wrong. Number one, by the time somebody listens to this, conditions could have changed. So don't, you know, just accept what I'm saying, but understand it is really crazy there. So you you can't you can't put this off as far as finding a place goes you can't just assume it was like the last time maybe you moved or something no, if you're in the different. hot red states especially in the mountain west it, don't expect to find anything easily now does that mean you don't try not at all i mean there's something out there and of course god is in control if he wants you to be out there he has this amazing ability to do everything cuz i don't know he created everything but um Keep that in mind. So there are parts of the country, and, and again, I stress northern Idaho. I don't know much about southern Idaho where where you are, Derek, and it sounds like you know it's, it, it's difficult to find places, but not impossible. Is that a good summary? Yes. Yeah, so basically, you're going to need to put in an offer the, a day, the, the day that a house goes up on the market, and you know you're going to be paying well over asking price. Otherwise, you're going to have these bidding wars, and you're going to lose you know, over yeah. and over and over again. So it is a huge problem. And speaking of northern Idaho, I just read something today that for every house available for sale, there are 15 people wanting to buy that home. And was that northern Idaho, you say? It is. Yeah. yeah that was a, a statistic from Coeur d'Alene, yep. just south of San, uh, Sandpoint. That's a crazy thing. Hmm. So the demand is huge. And, you know, people are moving from... California, Oregon, Washington, uh, somebody from Illinois, they, they're moving, leaving these blue states where they're feeling very repressed and moving to places uh, that are based more on freedom, personal yeah. freedoms. Well, that's what's getting us thinking about this. And one thing I would mention, I don't want to make this sound so hopeless. And again, think outside the box, lose normalcy bias and all of that. Be the adaptive prepper that you are. Consider this, folks, if you're thinking about northern Idaho or another place that has limited inventory. Maybe you maybe you live in a temporary place for a year. Maybe you lease a house or a mobile home, for goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. You lease a place for a year and you can look more and or build your own place. I mean, building your own place is not easy and, and I have no experience with it. I just know it's not easy. So I'm not saying it's a magic solution, but really think outside the box. Your rights, your ability to live the way you want to live and and quite likely here in the near future, be in much less danger from the people around you is worth thinking outside the box and taking some risks. So I want to jump in here before I go into the next topic here and recognize another one of our great sponsors, Numana Foods. They deal in, so excited yum, yum. about them, N-U-M-A-N-N-A, -N -N -A, Numana Foods, uh, in bulk freeze-dried food, bulk long-term food to put into your deep preps. This is not, you know, freeze-dried food in single servings for like camping or it's whatnot. It's a mountain house. It's not mountain house. So uh, what's really cool about them, it, even if, with all of this, you know, pr weird prepping food supply, all of this over this last year, they have managed to keep their doors open. Um, if you go to our website, prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates, there's a link over there and use the lowercase word prep get 10% off your order, which is great. So I encourage you to go check out Numana Fruits. The other one that I um, encourage you to check out is Backwoods Home Magazine. Mm -hmm. Love these people. 
Interesting. One of the last two editions, editions that we've received talks about this very thing as well, relocating. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to our website or go to their website and uh, click on Backwoods Home and use the digit six off, six off, you get $6 off. Go ahead and keep going, Derek, because you've been through this firsthand and we need and all the listeners need to hear from you about this. You've gone on this adventure and you've learned some things and have some good stuff to pass on. So take it away, sir. Hey, you bet. So, you know, when you're looking at buying a new home, again, you're going to need to get that great realtor, somebody that's going to work hard for you. We stumbled upon a fabulous realtor here in Idaho. And she's a a great businesswoman and tough as nails. Kind of a strange story, but when our house sold, we signed the documents and we had a 30-day escrow. We had not located a house yet. Uh, And 30-day escrow is fast. (laughs) It's really fast. So I was scrambling. That was a Friday. Uh, Excuse me. It was a Saturday when we accepted the offer. And Sunday morning, I found a new home for sale in a development that we had actually driven through. We loved the, loved the development, loved the area, but we couldn't afford what was available at the time. And our criteria was to be debt-free. We didn't want to get into a mortgage. Um, so ultimately, I found this house, talked to our realtor. Monday morning, I think at 9 a.m., she was uh, on a face, FaceTime call with us viewing the home. We weren't worried about the area because we had seen it. We knew it pretty intimately. So literally knowing the market and what it was, by 10 o'clock we decided we'd uh, go ahead and pull the trigger and buy the house. You know, By noon or 1 o'clock she had documents uh, all done and, and forwarded off and we made an offer and it was accepted. She played hardball with the builder a little bit to help us get some fencing done. Again a good realtor is going to go to bat for you Mm -hmm. and get whatever you can possibly get. And it worked out to be fantastic. So again, get the good realtors. Awesome. That's so cool. So, um, and you kind of hinted at it just now. This is great because you're just leading me right into the next question. How, how important, and I'm going to joke about this because let me jump back before I ask a question. Glenn and I have been binge watching the the show on uh, cable TV, Yellowstone. Which is, oh, yeah. if you want to see magnificent views of uh, Montana, um, it's actually filmed also in uh, Utah, another place to consider, mm-hmm. too. Um, just because you've watched Yellowstone doesn't mean you've visited Montana, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How important is it to and, actually go there? To actually go there. And, see, and I think you hit on it. You may not have seen the house, but you saw the area. You saw you saw the next best thing. You saw the neighborhood. You probably drove by the house, maybe not inadvertently. But how important is it to go and see, not just buy? It scares the living daylights out of me to buy a house like you just did without seeing it. But you did the oh, next best thing. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah. So we did spend some time in Idaho. We we took two specific trips, and they were whirlwind trips. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. And what we did is we focused on, A, communities that we thought were would be suitable for our needs after doing all the homework that we did. And then we drove through a lot of neighborhoods and developments. And in doing so, we were able to determine very quickly that we liked certain areas. We found some areas to be, you know, maybe too remote uh, or kind of, you know, some places are a little trashy and we didn't mm-hmm. want to be, be around that. So we got a pretty good idea, pretty good lay of the land. And ironically, I think we did actually drive by this home that we ultimately bought. It was you know, in the middle of construction. So in hmm. doing so, and we took copious notes. So it, there's effort involved, but you reap the benefit from the effort. It's, it's life. So we made a lot of notes. We were able to refer back to them. And then when this particular property popped up, it's like, oh, my gosh, we are literally – I'm a hundred feet away from uh, walking into a huge wildlife preserve where I can go hunting and there's a gigantic lake and we're close to farms and uh, like-minded people. And so it was all this wonderful stuff. And that's because we did our homework and we knew we could pull the trigger very quickly. Says the guy that 
always have said that I would never buy a home like the way we did it. <laughs> yeah, and so here we never are. say never. <laughs> well, Derek, you've uh, touched on this a little bit. You know, how stressful is this and how do you cope with it? And before you answer that, I'll remind folks that there are whatever the top five stressful events in, in a life. The number one is losing a loved one. I think number two is divorce. And I think number three is moving. I th- it, it's up there, right? It ranks up there. So tell us about stress. Is it normal? How do you cope? And especially marriage. Um, this is a stressful time on marriages. Tell us about that. Well, it is a stressful time, and you're right. I've, I've heard that as well. I think moving is number three in the holmes Rahe scale. It's a big thing, and depending upon how long you've been in your home, it becomes even more, it becomes exponentially larger. We were in our home for 25 years with three businesses and four kids. We had accumulated a pretty massive amount of stuff. So the physical aspect of downsizing, you're not going to move everything. So downsizing some stuff, getting the house ready, uh, trying to figure out where you're going to move, figuring out your wants and needs, not only, you know, not just my wants or my needs, but my wife's wants and needs as well. So here's the deal. This is my marriage counselor tip of the day. Mm-hmm. Open and honest communication in a move with your spouse and your family is everything. Kathy had different stressors than I had and vice versa. So we're both working our tails off getting the house ready to sell and trying to find a new home. And I might just be completely frazzled because my contractor didn't show up like you were talking about. And I've got a deadline, you know, and and so I can be feeling really stressed. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, even though Kathy and I are best friends and we get along famously, there were a couple of days we bumped heads. We were grumpy. We were exhausted and um, we felt stressed. So we would sit down literally every morning and talk about what's going on with the day, where are we at, uh, how are we moving forward, and we'd go do our respective projects. And in the evening time, probably with a glass of wine, we'd talk about what happened, uh, what didn't happen, what do we need to do more, and then also we could address those couple points in the moving process where even though things were going relatively smoothly, our realtor said, actually, this is one of the easiest uh, moves she's seen. But there were a couple of days where it's like, are we crazy? We're yeah. leaving our head. We're leaving our identity uh, as uh, respected members in the community and, you know, ultimately uh, homesteading business and, you know, schooling and stuff. Have we lost our minds? Mm. And then we revisit as a couple and say, well, this is why we're moving, though. This is why we want to move. And then we get our eye back on the ball and keep moving forward together as a couple. And that is so crucial. Now, we don't have kids at home anymore. But if you have kids involved, you know, you got to sit down and and talk to them as well. I know you guys were talking to Joel uh, and you had him on the show about, you know, how he's feeling with not being able to go to school and the whole Mm -hmm. COVID thing, you know, keep your kids close, keep them engaged in the moving process. It's a big thing for everybody, but the payoff is so huge. And if you keep communicating openly and honestly, it smooths out so many rough edges. It's well worth it. Another point would be, so you get there and uh, we have about four minutes in this segment and then we have 30 questions from Patreons for the after show. Holy Toledo. <laughs> Which tells you that our yeah. Patreons are in this thought process as well, right? This. And one of them has uh, 10 subparts, by oh, the way. Geez. So anyway, <laughs> but um, what about once you get there and you guys have been there a while, assimilating? And the reason I bring that up is a lot of people, I think because they know that moving and relocating and dislocating their lives and all this disruption is such a big deal. The human mind being what it is, it's going to search out like roadblocks to say, ah, no, don't do it. You know, like stay on the couch kind of thing. And I think one of the roadblocks people come up with is, well, if I move to Idaho from say California, um, people in Idaho are going to be mean to me because I'm from California 
And you know what I mean? It's like you're just throwing up roadblocks to not have to take action. So, you know, in a couple minutes, uh, tell us about assimilating and and how that went and how to do it. And uh, this is a fascinating topic. I love hearing these stories. Yeah, assimilating is actually a huge topic, and I'll hope to get it done in, in a couple minutes, but we may roll into the after show. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Uh, having said that, so we live in a community where there's uh, people that, that are out walking, the, the walking trails, biking trails and whatnot. So that's a great way to meet people right there. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Where are you from? <laughs> you know, um, we would uh, walk the neighborhood, chat with people and engage them in conversation. So it's a conscious effort to do that. And this is, of course, during the COVID era, where nobody really wants to get out right. and communicate. So we'd talk, express who we were, what we were about, and in very light terms, a Reader's Digest version. And then always part with, you know, if you ever need anything, give me a holler. Here's my contact information. Mm. So people get the idea that you're a nice person, you know, and be the neighbor that you want to have. Pretty simple. Now, you are going to have some people that may be reluctant. Oh, well, in fact, everybody asks, where are you from? Uh, you know, mm. want to kind of hang your head, <laughs> say I'm from California. Uh, but we took the uh, honesty is the best policy approach. And we'd let them know, you know, we, we left uh, California as basically refugees. We fled the, the formerly great state be here in a uh, conservative state and uh, we uh, we left because it, our conscious our moral compass would not allow us to stay there anymore mm-hmm. and we are as conservative as can be and we're going to preserve and protect uh, the way Idaho Idaho is today and 99.9% of the people love that and you might even get a comment and some people might take offense I didn't hey well you left your um, uh, you left your politics at the state border, right? Yes, of course. So, they, they weren't my politics to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> so, so let me let me cut you off there because we're going to go into the after show in just a minute. One quick last shout out to our last sponsor, Minuteman Coffee. Oh my gosh, I am still buzzing from my coffee cup this morning. Uh, special blend, the I Miss America blend, which is our signature blend. Uh, go to our website at prepping2-0.com. Friends and affiliates, click on the link and use I Miss America and get 15% off your order, folks. We're going to take this into the after show and get some more details from uh, Derek Smiley on how to how to move to a red state as a prepper. But um, I want to always leave you with a great quote from Benjamin Franklin, who always said, uh, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.